Today is a rebroadcast of an episode from April of 2022 with my friend and master gardener, Stacy Ling. I'm so happy to share that Stacy is now a published author. Her book titled The Bricks and Blooms Guide to a Beautiful and Easy Care Flower Garden will be released in February of 2024. In honor of this exciting news, I wanted to reshare our conversation on gardening. If you want to pre-order Stacy's book, you can find the link in the show notes. Welcome back to another episode of Living Large Podcast. Today I have the pleasure of chatting with Stacy Ling. Stacy's the creator of the blog StacyLing.com, also known as Bricks and Blooms. Hi, Stacy. Hi, Lynn. How are you? Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Thanks for being here. Um, can you share a little bit about yourself before we get started and where you live? My name is Stacy Ling and I live and garden in, well, I used to be in north, northwestern New Jersey, but I have since moved a few months ago and now I live in north central New Jersey. It's really only about 20 minutes from where I was, but with the way Jersey is shaped, I'm more in central Jersey now than northwest. Same gardening zone though, so uh, weather is still relatively the same, although I'm noticing things coming up a little bit earlier here than they did back at my old house. Uh, I've got a blog. I've been blogging for a couple of years now. I'm a master gardener. I'm married, been married for, uh, I want to say 26 years, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm getting that right. Yeah. And I've got three, uh, gr- three girls. They're young adults now, I guess I should say. My youngest is, is a junior in high school and my oldest is preparing to graduate college this year. So uh, we're, I'm kind of getting used, I'm kind of learning how to be an empty nester because uh, they're on the way out. Don't get too used to that empty nester stuff because they come back home. I've got a 23-year-old living back in her bedroom after college. Um, yeah, she's actually expecting to move home for a little while. She's going to take a year, like a gap year before she goes to graduate school. So I'm happy she's coming home. It's one of the reasons why we moved because uh, we just, we were not on top of each other. Yeah, Emma's actually, she, we just wanted her to stay at home for a little bit to save some money, to figure out what she was doing, get a job. She has a great job and she does work from home. So it doesn't really matter where she lives, but she wants to move into the city. We live in the suburbs of Chicago and she, you know, being 23, she wants to live in the city where all the fun oh, yeah, they and want to action do the city is. Thing now. Yeah. You better do it now while you're young because when you get old, <laughs> A lot of us right, don't want to be right. when they're older. I'm a country right. now, so I like to be in the country. I, uh, I That was my goal to move to the city too for a year. And then I ended up getting married. And so I never got that opportunity. So I'm happy for her to do that. So, But I've been following you for a long time because of both of our loves for gardening. Um, however, we both joined Karien's Mastermind Blogging Group. And I think that I mean I feel like that's how I've gotten to know you a little bit better and we were in a blog half together a while back I I was trying to remember if it was a gardening one or if it was our front porch if like something in the spring I can't remember but it was maybe it was like a spring hop I've been like a lot of the I love the decorating hops I love you know it's just so fun to do that with everyone and see how differently everyone decorates their homes and I don't know it's just like it satisfies a wide variety of tastes and styles and I I really I love those hops I agree I agree so how long have you actually been blogging is that is this are you new to blogging I don't know that part of your story 
So I started blogging like shortly after my oldest left for college. I, I had always thought about doing it, but when she left, I felt like this kind of sadness because, you know, life is now changing because mm-hmm. you know they're starting to leave the nest. So I decided that was a great time to start my blog. So in, I want to say it was December, 2018, I launched it and uh, I've been going ever since. Yeah, I've actually had my blog going on. It just was my 10 year anniversary in February, but I didn't really do a lot with it. Like I could go a whole year without posting a blog post. And then my job was eliminated because of COVID. And so I was like, well, now I can take this seriously. And so that's when I joined Kari Ann's group. Um, And I I really have learned a lot from the, um, not just from her, but from the, camaraderie of all the people that are involved and how open everybody is to helping each other out and just really um, being there for each other. So you, you mentioned that you recently moved. And when I, when you announced that you were moving, I thought you were out of your mind because I'm like, that house is so beautiful and your gardens. I mean, all the love and I know what it takes to create beautiful gardens. And I thought, how in the world? So I, I immediately thought, you know, like a, a, a transfer because of a job or something like that. I just couldn't understand it. And But then when I saw your the house that you're going to and what you had laying ahead of you, I totally understood the appeal because what a new adventure, both for the house and the property. Um, so let's t- start talking gardens. You met you. I don't know if you told us what zone you were in. I'm in gardening zone six A, and I'm in five B. So you're and it's so funny because when you look at a map, it doesn't. I don't feel like we're that different, but you are way ahead of us. Way ahead of us. Yeah. Um, and I I've been following your stories too. And just seeing the things that are popping up and how big some of your plants are. I'm lucky, you know, if I, I think the only thing that's out of the ground are like my daylilies are maybe one or two inches high. And I have daffodils, but that's it. I I mean, a little bit of my tulips are coming up. Um, So interesting how the different zones are. Um, So how many acres do you have? And share with us what's there already and what, what you have to work with on your property. So I actually moved from half an acre to now I have 10 acres. It's not all fully developed because uh, like maybe half of it's wooded, Uh, but we have a lot of different gardens here. And so the appeal for me was we were really built out at the old house. I mean, we had, we lived there for 23 years and literally did everything we could possibly do to that house. It used to be a ranch when we bought it. And we blew the roof off when my youngest was an infant and we made a a four bedroom center hall colonial from a three bedroom, one bathroom ranch. So it was pretty amazing. And uh, there was nothing left to really do even with the yard. Both my husband and I, uh, we work from home and uh, we decided that we needed a place to work at least for the next five to 10 years where we could work at home and uh, enjoy the property a little bit more. And we were really ready for a new adventure, but not really ready to leave the area yet. So uh, 
we were casually looking, thinking we really weren't going to move until my youngest graduated high school, but we wound up finding this gem of a place and just decided to go for it. And so what with 10 acres, it to me, that would be hard to wrap your head around. Like, it's uh, a lot. What, yeah. <laughs> what are your short term goals to like, let's say just this summer? Like, what what are you thinking about doing in the property? So there's a lot of there's a lot of work to do here. They they do have a lot of plants coming up that I'm noticing and I and I see they've got a lot of flowering plants, but I know they don't have a cottage garden. I loved my cottage garden and I loved my cut flower garden. So my short-term goal this year was to remove this ground cover called Lyre Oak that just uh-huh. was covers a lot of the lot of the gardens here. Uh, and I we just removed it all along the pool and uh, it gets full sun. So I, I knew nothing else was growing there aside from this Lirio, and that would be a good place to start my cottage garden. I kind of wanted to give the other gardens a chance to show me what they can do, tell me what's here before I started making any changes because there might be a lot of plants here that I don't even know about. Right, I, I, that was one thing I was gonna ask you. You obviously didn't see this house in the spring and the full summer. Correct. We saw it in fall. And so, you know, seeing it right now in spring, it's like a whole new world to me. It's really fun to go outside and just see what's coming up. Now, you mentioned a cutting garden and you inspired me last year with your cutting garden at the old house. So I have big plans for a cutting garden coming up because I hate taking flowers out of my garden and kind of disassembling that beauty. So I want something that I can cut and bring into the house. And um, I I think I know what I'm going to use, but give me some of your suggestions of what varieties do you put into a cutting garden? So I really look for plants that are a little easier for me to grow because I I don't really like plants that are super fussy. That's not to say that I don't work with plants that are super fussy, but uh, I, you know, I've been growing things for a number of years now and I kind of know what works for me and what doesn't. So last year when I grew my cut flower garden, I realized there were ones that took really easy, grew really well, were great producers of blooms that I can just cut and come again. And uh, they made great bouquets. So I really focused on a lot more of those varieties. So like I love my dahlias and uh, they're, they are a little bit, they're a little bit of work to do, Uh but I Uh just enjoy growing them and they're just they're beautiful, uh, but I, I'm growing a lot of zinnias, snapdragons, uh, sunflowers, dahlias. Uh, I'm trying to think what else I started from seed. I'm trying some new ones too, just to kind of see what they're gonna do. But last year I tried sweet peas for the first time. They didn't do super great for me. I'm gonna try them again, but I didn't put as much effort into starting them from seed because I, I just, I don't know how they're gonna do. And now that I'm in a new garden with a new climate, I'm not really sure what to expect. Right, right. Well, it's funny because those are exactly what I'm thinking. I started sweet peas from seed, but I just literally just stuck them in the ground maybe five days ago. So I haven't seen them yet. Um, I, they, they're not my primary focus, but I do have a trellis in the area that I'm putting. So I'm hoping they'll climb up there. Dahlias for sure. I usually put them out in my garden, but I think they're going to be easier to work with in a cutting garden for, you know, because we have to take them up, take them up. And um, I, and I, everything last year, 
I lost. So I'm starting new, hoping for the best this year. And then zinnias, I've never, ever grown. So I'm excited about that. I'm hoping I can just put the seeds right in the ground. Oh, you definitely can. I know a lot of people that did that and had great success. I was actually going to throw a couple in here. Oh, just, just see what happens. Just see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, snapdragons is my other thing that I'm going to put in there too. So I'm, I'm really excited about the cutting garden and I am, I'm using part of my vegetable garden. Um, one, because it's fenced and I, I have less protect trouble them. with the deer there. Yeah. I can protect them a little bit better. It's just a good place. And I didn't, I had way more, um, acreage that I was giving to my plants, like vegetables than I needed. I had so many tomatoes and I can, and I can, and I can, and I still was, had more than I needed. So I'm cutting back on that, doing the cutting garden. But, so that brings me into deer and we both battle with deer at least, well, at least you did at your old house. Oh, are they, they're here too. Are they? And you turned me on to deer out as opposed to deer off, which I think works a hundred times better. I do too. Um, and it doesn't smell as bad. Yeah. It doesn't smell as bad. It's a little bit more expensive, but so worth it. And you've also taught me to get out there like right away. Like I've already been spraying all oh, yeah. over the place because they live, I think right across the street from us in a very wooded area and we're their smorgasbord where they come to eat my flowers and the new buds are what they like. I also use one of those um, motion sensors with the water that shoots them, but our water isn't turned on yet. We can't do that until, you know, after the last frost, which for us is Last year, I didn't start planting till May 20th. I tried on the 15th and it was, there was a chance of, of frost that night. So I waited. Um, do you have any other advice for deer as far as you really keeping have to just get out in your gardens every single day and walk them every single day because you can catch problems early and uh, my like, and you're doing it already, but my best tip is to really, especially plants that you know they like to eat. Uh, I hit them as soon as they break ground. I start spraying them as soon as they break ground. And I, I do, a, I do an aggressive spray schedule as they grow. And uh, then they tend to leave them alone. I do maintain consistency. And like I said, I walk my gardens every day to make sure that uh, nothing's getting nibbled. Right. I've also found it's important to have a refill in your like in your oh, shed yeah. or yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, have a, have a backup because <laughs> when it's out, you can't wait for, even for Amazon to come sometimes if you don't catch them. So last year I did also add uh, this other uh, granule called deer scrap. Oh, yeah. And that yeah. worked, I found that worked really well because it created almost like a barrier that kind of kept them out of my yard. So uh, that was a good option too. I may or may not do it here. I have to figure out where I would put it. Uh, but I thought that was a really good method doing that two prong method. So if they're really bad, I would, I would actually do both. Well, and I, I did buy that per your suggestion last year. I forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me because our daughter got married in our backyard. So it was an all out battle with me and the deer. I mean, I was literally, if you saw a picture of somebody sitting in their lawn chair all night with a gun, <laughs> it was me to keep the deer out last year. Um, I'm going to do that because I have a, a definite perimeter 
around my garden. So I'm going to get out there and do that. Yeah, I think it worked really well. And I'm, I'm most likely going to do it again. I'm just kind of, I just started adding plants here. So I'm just going to kind of see what happens. I know that they gardened for deer here. Most of the things that they have outside of the fence line are deer resistant plants that deer tend not to bother with. So I'm adding plants that I know they might munch on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm just going to, you know, gardening is like an experiment. You get just kind of got to play around with things to see what works for you. Yeah. And I found that our deer must be starving because there's nothing that's out of the realm of something that they will nibble on. So, um, yeah, I just have to, I just have to keep on top of it and hope they go to the neighbor's yard. Well, they're creatures of habit. So once they learn, they don't like the taste of things in your yard, they'll just move on to the next. That's why it's important to be aggressive with your, with your spraying and your tactics to hopefully, you know, keep them at bay. Yeah. So outside of the deer, what would be your top three gardening secrets or tips that you would share with people um, about being a perennial gardener? So uh, a lot of people get down on themselves when plants don't do well or they don't come back or something. But here's my perspective. And I saw it years ago on uh, like HGTV on a gardening show when they used to have gardening shows. Someone on this show mentioned this and it's always resonated to me and I apply this perspective to my, to my gardening life. So it's called the motel theory of gardening. Sometimes plants check in, they like it and they stay. And sometimes plants don't like it and they check out and that's okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so don't beat yourself up over plants that, you know, just because they work in my garden, they didn't work in yours. It might just be your climate or your soil or whatever. So just, you know, like I, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, gardening is like an experiment and you got kind of have to learn as you go in it, you know, in addition to being inspired from others. Right. And I, I don't know about you, but I tell every, people who think perennial gardening is something you can, because they're perennials, you can stick them in the garden and you've got a garden for life. And it's, that's so not true because they constantly need maintenance. So many of them need to be um, divided and, and kept under control if they're a little invasive. And so, to me, my gardens are, every year it's a different story of what my garden is. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, the gardens are constantly growing and changing. And, and like I said, some, you know, some plants you think are going to do well, and they just peter out and don't come back. And, you know, that's okay, then you're not going to be included in my garden. Right, <laughs> so right. I just move on to the next plant that is a little more accepting of what my conditions are. I do want to say that where perennials are concerned, a lot of times people ask me, what I feed them and I don't feed them anything but good healthy soil. So that's adding compost or, you know, some other soil amendments and uh, just doing some mulch that will eventually break down over time. When you give plants fertilizer, particularly something like perennials or your shrubs, you're basically sending it an artificial message to grow. And with that really quick growth, it's almost like a steroid. And because it, it's growing so quick and at an unnatural rate, it, it's more susceptible to pests and disease problems. So it's actually not worth it to like fertilize those plants and you're better off just feeding the soil. That's interesting that you say that. And it makes me feel better about my gardening because I don't fertilize either. I just don't have time with everything else, but I do use, I use leaf mulch. Now, I don't know if that's the oh, best. Great. 
Yeah. But I saw who um what our friend out on the west coast, um Kim. Kim from Shiflap and Shell. Yeah, I yeah. think she uses fish. She fish uses mulch? fish, yeah, fish mulch, yeah. I, I'm wondering, I don't, we probably don't have it, you might, but I don't think in Chicago we'd have accessibility to something like that just because of where we live. We, I noticed the last few years we're getting stuff from Maine, so we're getting stuff uh, mixed with lobster. <laughs> so mm -hmm. there's like lobster compost or something like that. So I guess it depends on your location and what the nurseries have accessibility to getting. Right. Now, you, you didn't have, are you going to add like chickens or anything like that? Is that in your plan? I would love to do property? that at some point. Um, I had mentioned that to my family. I don't know that they're all in on that just yet, <laughs> but I want to do it. We do have a lot of foxes here, so we'd have to really figure that out. Right. We have a lot of wildlife too, and we have chickens. Um, they're not as, if, if I can be encouraging, they are so easy to have. They really don't take a ton of work. I think the hardest thing about them is going on vacation. Because yeah. it's like, you can't bring the chickens to the border with the dog. So we typically have to have a dog slash chicken sitter come stay at our house. Um, but they're, they're really easy to take care of. And there's nothing like those eggs fresh from our chickens. Oh, totally. They are amazing. And I use um, the chicken poop goes in my yeah. gardens. Yeah. Yep. So they're, they're, they're a nice little way to recycle things there. Um, as far as vegetable gardens, I don't, did you have one in your old house? Yes, I had one at my old house and last year I completely had it and did these raised garden beds using uh, gardener supply. Raised oh, that's beds. right. I do remember oh, that. Yeah. That was fabulous. And I did, we did break them down and bring them here. So I'm going to, we're going to, my husband and I have been talking about this. So I have a, what, what looks like a basketball court, although there's kind of like pavers out there. So uh, I'm going to actually make that a potage garden and I'm going to use some of these raised beds out there and I'm, and he's going to build just some wood, like, so it doesn't look car, like corrugated metal. I did love the corrugated metal look at my old house, but it doesn't really go with the vibe here. So he's going to build me some raised beds to kind of go around that. So you don't see that anymore. Uh -huh. that's that's the mother's day project he usually builds me something every mother's day and that's that's on the agenda for 2022 yeah and that's mother's day is when my everything goes out in my yard too so it's a big big gardening day around here as well so you said you're not a, a you're you're a master gardener but you pretty much learned things trial and error correct yes, yes. have you taken any kind of classes or I, well, master gardening was a was a was a course. It was like oh, you did take the master gardening course. course. A master gardener, yes, I did yeah. that. Uh, I want to say two thousand seven ish, so a little while ago. I actually, I it's been something I've been thinking about, and we have a college very close to us that has an excellent master gardening um, program. Um, my younger brother, however, he he just recently retired and. He's such a quirky, funny guy. He, you know, he's he's smart beyond smart. He's got his doctorate degree from MIT in nuclear engineering, and he timed his retirement with the start of his master gardening class. And I'm so jealous. But he's he's close by. He's in upstate New York. So, um, but it's something that's been on my bucket list to do, and I better get started because it's, you know, I've been gardening for. 
40 years, but I still feel like there's so much to learn, so much you can still learn. You can, there's always something to learn, I feel. I mean, I'm still learning stuff in the garden. There's a lot of plants here I've never even worked with before. I, I, I was like, what's this? What's this? Yeah, you know? the one cool. you talked, you talked about one that I'm familiar with it, but they're not in my garden that came up early on. It starts with the H. Hep- I don't know how to pronounce it. Hellebores? Hellebores. Lenten rose. Yeah, Lenten rose. Beautiful. But I looked into them and they're like, they, I have really sensitive skin and they're poisonous. Like you're supposed to wear gloves and all that stuff when you're working with them. So um, probably not a good idea for me, but... Um, they are I mean, beautiful. I just wear gloves when I cut like some, cause they're, they're somewhat evergreen, mm-hmm. but you still need to cut back some of the foliage just as the new ones emerge with the new right. flowers. And I mean, I just wore gloves and- And you were fine. fine. Yeah, yeah. I, that's what I had read that you had to do a little bit of processing on them. And I thought, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna start one more thing. However, yeah, and I have a big shade area and they do really well in shade. From what I and they bloom for a long time too, so I, I think it's worth it. And right. uh, I, you know, I've been really big on Sedum Autumn Joy, and I still am really big on Sedum Autumn Joy. But I am loving Lenten Rose. Love, 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 love them. Can't recommend it enough. Hmm. Okay. Well, you've convinced me. I'll give them a try. <laughs> <laughs> so now on to your new house. It this obviously the, this is bigger than the house you were in. Yeah. It's. Some of the rooms are a little bit bigger, but in general, I would say it's just laid out differently. So I would say mm-hmm. it's slightly bigger, but laid out differently. Property is definitely bigger. <laughs> Property right. definitely bigger than what I had. Um, and really the former homeowners took great care of this home. They were, um, they took impeccable care of the house. It just needed to be updated. Right, right. There's some interesting decor yeah, in that house, and uh, it seems like you're just kind of neutralizing it um, until you decide. This is my guess. I'm I'm totally guessing that you just want to live in there for a while. Yes, until you decide. Yeah. But do you have any long term goals for the actual house? Is there anything that you want to change? I mean, I really think it's more for us, it's more about just painting everything. And uh, we've we've already made a couple of changes so far just with paint and that's made a huge difference um like you said i just kind of want to live here for a little while but the some of the finishes of paint there was a lot of faux finishing here that were just a little much you know it's easier to stand back and look at something if it's neutral (laughs) than when have all this stuff going on and there's really so many great things here that you almost didn't notice some of them because there was so much going on and like I'm one who really loves the gardens and to not be able to look past the walls and see those gardens uh, was kind of a problem for me. So uh, just lightening up the walls and lightening up even just the trim, the window panes made a huge Mm -hmm. difference. Uh, When we moved in that family room actually had these gorgeous plantation shutters. I mean, they were beautiful, but they, some of them weren't staying open and it kind of just blocked your view of those gardens and we just I think we were here two days and we took them down of course following you I saw that and I'm sure you hate to take down plantation shutters but letting in the light is yeah I mean they those plantation shutters were really were really nice and I, I actually even painting over some of the faux finish here like someone was a true artist and did a lot of great work here 
but they probably did it like 20, 30 years ago when that was like an in thing. And, right. You know, it's just not the thing anymore. And there was just so much here and it's, it was so dark. It just, we just had to paint over it. Yeah. If I could have like carved out some of those flowers from the sunroom, I would definitely would have done that. But, mm-hmm. but that was impossible. No, yeah. it, was not, it was not possible. Well, and your sunroom, paint your family room and sunroom, just painting them lighter it's just so amazing the difference between what they were i mean i i i i picture you walking into those rooms after they were painted going you know it just having this feeling of joy in there because it looks so much different and so much brighter yeah even just the front entry like i just my husband uh, went into his office to start working for like, I don't know, a couple hours on Saturday morning. He had, he had something to do. And so I was, I was working on my blog and it started raining and I was originally going to work outside in the gardens. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to paint that entryway. Mm-hmm. And he, he didn't even know I was doing it. He came back and the whole room was like outlined and he's like, well, I, all right, I guess we're doing this today. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Yeah, so I just yeah, I just had to do it because that red, the red, I had that red in my house. So it's not that I didn't like the red. I, I love the red, but it just it's just, it was just too dark. You know, you'd right. walk in and it was just too dark and it just didn't do anything for the house. Now that yeah. now that it's light, I love the floors so much more. Mm-hmm. And it just you really notice the, like some of the architecture and the moldings and stuff. And it's just really it's really a pretty house it has so much character. Yeah, it, it does. It does. And I, like I said, I, I could understand, um, see, you know, you know, being able to see beyond some of that stuff that even though it was beautiful, it, like you said, it's outdated. Um, and what a difference that you're doing to that house by giving those architectural elements a whole new life by yeah. switching up the color. I've had red too. Boy, that was a, that was a tough one to cover up, actually. Yeah, a couple coats of paint. <laughs> yeah, couple, couple, three, four. <laughs> yeah. So, Stacy, what would you say, back to gardening, have you ever made a big gardening mistake? Because I know I have. So, probably my biggest gardening mistake, and I do it yearly, even though I keep kicking myself for not doing it, is not staking early enough not staking my plants early enough because a lot of times I'm like, ah, it's fine. They don't need to be yeah. And the season comes and I'm like, oh yeah, they, they kind of did. Did <laughs> so, you get the baskets around the peonies yet? I did. I actually did. Yay. I did it yesterday. So I did. And I, for those, I really love those grow through hoops. They like, with all the dirty in them, they just work better. Last year uh-huh. I got these stakes that were just open circle. Uh-huh. Box doors and uh, I just grabbed them because I needed extra staking and I just didn't like it. They really didn't hold them as well as those grow through hoops. So it, as far as staking goes for something like dahlias and like peonies and stuff, I really like those grow through hoops. They work really well. Do you have a, a source that you get them from or do you just buy them locally like at a greenhouse? Actually, these I've been buying right on Amazon because oh, okay. I, I couldn't find when I went to the big box stores and I was looking for them, they only had the, like the open circles. Right. I'm sure you can find them at your local nursery, but I, you know, I wasn't going to drive around and they were on and I just wanted to get them, you know, get them. And yeah, get them yeah on I plants. need to put those in my cart, too, because even though my peonies aren't even close to being as high as yours, like you said, you got to get out there and get that because all of a sudden it over, you know, yep. Even my, um, even like my beard is last year, they tend to get really tall and start flopping over. So I think 
I mean, I don't know how they have a lot here. So yeah, I, it's going to be so interesting. I, I make, I'm anxious to follow along with you to see what you discover. Uh, there, there. I, I, well, I started a YouTube channel and really that's been a lot of fun because, you know, even though I do a lot of the stuff on the blog and I'll still be doing my tours in the blog, doing them on YouTube, it's just like you're there, you know? Right, it's like, right. It's almost like, you know, I, I, I've been complaining for years that HGTV got rid of their gardening shows and I loved all their gardening shows. Mm-hmm. They really good love Gardeners. It, there was a show called Gardener's Diary that I loved and wished they would bring back, but it was just the host would go visit a garden, walk around the garden and just talk about what's going on. And I got so much from those episodes that that's kind of how I'm doing my YouTube channel. I mean, a lot, I do some things other than just garden tours, but I really just walk around. I love walking around the gardens and saying, oh, look at this, look at this, look at this. And I love, I personally love watching you walk around the gardens and sharing with what you're finding and some of your ideas for what you think you might do there you know there's a hole here but you know maybe i'll do this maybe i'll do that i i didn't think about that that there aren't very many age you know gardening shows i watch some um bbc things there's still some yeah there's some um, good shows there Monty uh, you know, is, is one great that... I, I think youtube is a great resource you can just there's a lot of gardeners just like instagram and right TikTok now like you can just follow some really great gardeners on there and get inspired. So I guess you don't really need HGTV to be doing that anymore, but it's just, I, I miss those shows. And yeah. that one show in particular, I really, I really liked a lot. Well, we'll be sure to link your YouTube to this when we're done. So people yeah, can I'm follow be doing you over there. Like every month. So, uh, well, I'm actually doing them weekly, but I, well, cause you know, I'm always out there and I'm always- Right, 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 right. You may as well, if you're out there. Yeah, take, yeah I, but, my, you know, that's my, oh, my biggest fault is forgetting to grab the camera when I go out there. Well, that's the thing. Like it changes so much, especially like now during spring with the, uh-huh. like I, in my old garden, I had things going on. Things would look different to me every day. So now it's just really fun to take that camera out there and, you know, write it up on the blog or throw it up on YouTube or put it on Instagram and share like what's happening out there. Cause it's cool and people can learn from it. Or, you know, maybe there's plants that they didn't know about that they like, or maybe there's ones that they use that maybe they have a tip for me. And so it's really been a great way to connect with other gardeners. Yeah. Do you have any favorite either gardening or decorating books that are kind of like go-to for you for inspiration or, you know, just books that you like that help you with gardening? Well, particularly for cut flower gardening, I really like Florit Flowers. I mean, Florit, Florit, Florit Farms book, Cut Flower Gardening. That's Mm -hmm. really been very, very helpful uh, in that area. But I also like uh, the Well-Tended Perennial Garden and the Well-Tended Mixed Garden, I think. It's by... Tracy de Sabato Oss. Those are very good books. Uh, for references, I like the manual. What is it? I gotta look at my notes because I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but it's the Manual of Woody Landscape Plants by Michael Durr. That's like a Bible with, you know, shrubs. So uh, I have a lot of couple of resources like that that I kind of go to, but now, you know, you can also just Google. Right, right. I, I, it's rainy days when I like to look and days like what we've, you know, we've had snow three times last week. So it's those kind of days where I like to open the book and kind of look through and dream about when I can get out there. I, I love the layered garden. I don't know if you're familiar with that book. 
Um, it's actually, I believe they live in New Jersey. So I have to take what they do and just apply the technique. I can't always apply some of the things that they're growing to my garden. Um, and plus they have huge property like you do. So, um, you know, my little quarter acre doesn't have the ability to be as layered, but it's, it's still fun. So what are, the, did, are there other gardeners that you follow or that you admire? So I love Laura from Garden Answer. I think she's really, uh, she's really good if you follow her on YouTube. She's on everything though. And I just like what she has to say. I love Martha Stewart. Mm -hmm. I do too. She's got a new gardening show yeah. out and I love watching it. I've re probably rewatched her episodes like a million times. Um, those are just a few of my faves that, you know, I like. And of course, everyone loves Joanna Gaines and I love Caleb from Wise Guide and he's got a YouTube channel and he's on Instagram and stuff. He's pretty cool. And, you know, I've just got a, I've met a lot of cool people on here that have just inspired me, like Kim from Ship Lap and Shells and Tracy from Plaids and Poppies and, uh, Laura from Has It Grown, New Jersey. She's like right here in my neck of the woods. And, uh, you know, it's just been great connecting with other gardeners in right. different climates and just seeing what they can grow and, you know, getting ideas from them. Yeah, Kim's garden makes me jealous because she just has such a moderate temp, you know, climate there that she's yeah. able to, even though it's been- She's in the perfect climate. Yeah, they've been, it's every time I, I see- beautiful gardens are typically in the Pacific Northwest um, yeah. or on the East Coast. I feel like the ones in Chicago just don't do that well, but we're trying, we're trying, we're trying to hold up our end of the gardening show. Um, so what's something that most people don't know about you that you can share? So, um, so I don't know, I don't know, do you know this, that I was on an episode of House Hunters once? No, I do not know that. <laughs> okay. I have, I did write a blog on it. I have talked about it before, but I actually haven't talked about it in a really long time. So we bought a house in, uh, we bought a cabin in Vermont, in Southern Vermont, a couple years ago, actually when my daughter graduated high school and my husband and I were a couple of weeks out, uh, from closing. And we, you know, we were, we were, I was like, Hey, you know, we're, we're looking for, you know, we're, we're shopping around for houses. I wonder, you know, I wonder how you get on the show and we got on the show and uh, we were on an episode of House Hunters. It was a really fun. fun thing to do. It was so fun to do with my family. Yeah. Well, that's a fun tidbit. I'll have to look up that blog post. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, actually, you can even Google the episode. It's like a ski house or ski, ski house or lake house in, in Vermont, ski house or lake house in Vermont. Yeah. Because my husband wanted a ski house and I wanted a lake house. So and you get the vest. You can see, you yeah. can see where that ends up. I really like Vermont. We've been there in the summer. My brother owns some property there. We've been there in the summertime too. Um, and uh, it's, it's just such a beautiful part of the country. So it's gorgeous. We love, we love going to Vermont. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Don't and, and, no, it's somebody, somebody, or is it you that goes up there? goes to Vermont and does some looking for antiques. Yep. Thrifting. That's you. That's, That's me. You. I'm going thrifting okay. up there all the time. They, it's so much better thrifting up there and going to like the antique stores. They just seem to have a little bit better stuff than New Jersey has. I mean, there are some places around here that aren't bad. Like I like going to the restore. That's been really great looking for things for this house, but you know, you can find some really unique vintage pieces up in New England and I love it. Well, it was the start of, you know, that whole area, the East Coast, you probably have 
access to so much more than what we have here. Well, and that's then, one of the things we love about living here because I'm an hour from New York City, I'm like an hour and a half from the beach and we're about an hour from the Poconos. So like there's just it's there's just something you know wherever you go where as if we like lived in Florida it would just be you know warm weather all the time which is nothing nothing to complain about of course but we just like having access to all the different things right right I can't I honestly can't imagine not having my four seasons I just yeah I love the four seasons to me I love the Um, four seasons have you always lived in New Jersey are you from Yes, I've lived in New Jersey my whole life. We've been talking about uh, having that house in Vermont and buying something down south, which maybe at some point we will do. But I don't know, ever since we moved here, we feel like we're kind of on vacation, but in our home. And so, yeah, you really, (laughs) you really, really, yeah, you really did get a gem. You really got a gem. And, And there's, I just feel like you've got such a, palette to work with in outside and inside so you you know it'll keep you busy for a few years yeah we both feel really inspired now that we've moved here like he's into doing things I'm into do like we just kind of like doing stuff and we have always wanted an older home and this this is an 1850 farmhouse so it's oh wow it's got a lot of character a couple of additions and, and it's just really cool and you know I think I think we were just kind of bored and done with the other house. I didn't even realize how much better life would be since we moved because we're, we're just feeling very like refreshed and everything's new and exciting. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's been great. It was a great move for us. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I was, I was, ner- <laughs> I was nervous. I was for nervous. You. <laughs> And it, it seemed like it, I'm, I'm sure there was more things going on in the background. But as a reader and a follower of your blog, I felt like it, it happened so quickly. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> it did happen quickly because we weren't like really going to trigger until next year after my graduated. Like my husband said, we are not buying anything. And I said, okay, but then this house uh, actually dropped down in price and my realtor said something to me and I was like, all right, let's go look at it. I walked through this house. I got down through that formal garden and got to that gazebo with all those beautiful statues. And and I called him and I was like, you need to come now. This is what we've been looking for. And we got to move on this. And so he came that day. (laughs) He was there within like 20 minutes and uh we just the rest is history. Yeah. 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 I'm glad we did. It's beautiful. And I'm, I'm excited for you guys. And I can see why it would bring like a whole new, like joy to what you're doing. So it really has. Um, Before we end, I want everybody to, I want you to share with everybody where they can find you on all the places. Yes. So you can find me on my blog at stacyling.com. That's Stacy with a C-Y, no E, stacyling.com. And uh, you can also find me on YouTube under the same Stacy Ling. You can just put that in the search tab and it should pull me up. Um, and on all the socials like Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, TikTok, I'm under Bricks and Blooms. Bricks and Blooms. The letter N. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. There's a, yeah. there's another one that's and. So I just went with the N. Okay. <laughs> um, and I will put that all of that in the show notes so that everybody can find you and have um, immediate access to just click into all of the places to find um, 
Stacy. So thank you so much. I could have talked to you all day. Uh, you know, <laughs> us gardeners, we we have a lot to share. Um, next time I'm out on the East Coast, I'm going to come by and take. Oh, you a have to! I'll definitely bring you around. Oh, you have to! It's it's really amazing. Well, thank you again, and um, good talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Living Large Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite platform so you'll be reminded when there's a new episode. Your positive likes and ratings and reviews are always appreciated as they will help this podcast to grow. You can find all the ways to follow Living Large in a Small House in the show notes. Thank you.